You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, I'm so glad you're here. It is summertime in West Michigan. How many of you are grateful for that? Come on. It is a summer, and we are blessed, and I just want to speak over you. Enjoy it, right? And we want to have a great summer, and, uh, and I am personally glad that you're here. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor Ben is glad that you're here. Come on, tell him. Yes, Pastor Ben, yeah, I'm glad that you're here. And then say, all summer long. <laughs> now I got you, Yeah. And I do want to give a little warning. I know that sometimes our summer plans get us all worked up. And I want to encourage us all not to leave God out of your plans this summer. Can I get an amen? Amen. Don't check out on church. We want to maximize this. And whether you're online and uh, maybe you're traveling, you can still catch it online. We don't want you to miss a single week. Those priorities, don't check out on God. Don't leave God out of your plans. And our team, we are going to work hard week in and week out. And our desire is to bring something from the heart of God for this summer. Something that's good for you. Something that's good for your family and for your friends. And we want to make sure that that is the case. And the Lord has really put an idea through a a mentor of mine to not only preach for the Gateway Church, but to preach for the city. And it's a shift in idea. It's just, it's a short little uh, jump to preaching for the city. But the idea is that what we do on Sunday mornings is good for our city. And so for you, for your guests, for those online, for those that you rub shoulders with, we want to be preaching for our, for our community. And we're going to keep God's Word as a priority. Uh, it's the, what guides us week in and week out in Scripture. And uh, we honor the Word of God here at the Gateway Church, and it's so important. And really, the Bible is a series of stories. Starts with the story of creation, and then Adam and Eve, and then we got Cain and Abel, and then there's Noah, and then there's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Everyone say Jacob. Jacob. And we'll come back to that in a minute. And most recently, we had studied through the book of Exodus, which is kind of Moses' story. But we said overall, it's God's story, and it's his story about his people and how he cared for them. And we finished that up last week. And of course, you can go back and get any of those messages um, on our Facebook page. But uh, what's great is we we studied Moses in this story of Exodus, but there's a prequel to that, the book of Genesis, right? And at the end of the book of Genesis, for 14 chapters, there is a character, a young man that dominates the pages. From chapters 37 to 50, it's the story of Joseph. And we are going to hone in on his story. Now, you could read these chapters in one sitting, and I would encourage you to do that. And in fact, I'd read it every week before you come to church. It'll just prime your heart for what, we're, what God's doing here. But I don't want you to think it's a short story. This is a story that ranges from age 17 for Joseph all the way to 110 years old. And the story of Joseph, it is one of the greats. 
It is. It's one of those heroic stories of redemption, of forgiveness. And all summer long, we're going to focus. We're going to come in and we're going to see, we're going to ask the heart of, you know, for the heart of God for us here at the Gateway Church. Now, there is a book that goes along with this series, although we're using it as a springboard. We're not using it as a direct resource, but it's Robert Morris's book. It's a book from the early 2000s. It's called From Dream to Destiny. And I would encourage you to pick up a copy. Literally, you can get a copy of this for one penny and pay the shipping or pay $4 and then it's free shipping. Either way, it's a good deal. That's what I did. I got this one. It was used. And when someone recommended this to me earlier this year, and when I read it, I was like, oh man, I'm going to take some of those things and create this series that we are calling The Test. Everybody say, The Test. Because there are character tests uh, that we must all pass in order to fulfill the purpose in our life, just like Joseph did. If we're going to fulfill God's plan, on the path to that plan, there are some tests that we will face. And this summer, again, we'll focus on the lessons that Joseph learned on his way to fulfilling his purpose. How many know when you read the story, if you're familiar with it, you know, even from an early stage and kind of all the way through, the hand of God was with Joseph. He was destined for great power. In fact, he was destined to be used as an instrument of God's deliverance, but there were these tests along the path. And the timing of how things came about, certainly Joseph would not have picked the timing. If we were in Joseph's shoes, we would have picked a different timing for sure. But God knew the perfect time at the perfect place. God was directing Joseph's steps, and we're going to spend some time looking at his life. So let's start with some background, kind of, kind of back it up just a little bit. I mentioned Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob earlier, and you guys said Jacob. And, and the, Jacob was one of the Hebrew patriarchs. He was the grandson of Abraham, the son of Isaac, and the traditional ancestor of the people of Israel. So these were God's people, and Jacob was kind of at the head, and he had 12 sons and a daughter, by the way, uh, but uh, one of those sons was Joseph. And when you think of a biblical family like this, I don't know about you, but my mind thinks of like the picture-perfect family. They, they've got it all together. They, they've got all their, their kids were, you know, called it to be missionaries and just, you know, to, to be pastors and, and they never had problems and there were no issues. Well, that is actually not the case with Jacob's family. In fact, I would describe his family as a little dysfunctional. In fact, I want you to write this down. Genesis 29 and 30, you can read about some of the dysfunction about Jacob. This is before the story of Joseph. Um, we don't have the time to look at it, but it is messed up. Let me just say, they are like living in a compound. Not, I'm not saying they're messed up just because they had a lot of kids. The more power to you, the more kids, the merrier. Right, Hardys? Yes, amen. But, uh, but they had, Jacob had four different moms for these 12 or 13 kids. I don't recommend that. A little dysfunctional. Also part of the background is a story of infertility. And Jessica and I, we experienced some infertility before our second uh, child, Logan. And so we understand that a little bit. But Joseph was born to Jacob and Rachel after years of 
of infertility for Rachel. And so that's part of the story. And then, of course, they gave him the name Joseph. That goes without saying. But that name meant to increase or that God will add. Well, you say, well, why the dysfunction? What, what is that? Well, the reason there was dysfunction is Jacob kind of started it, but uh, there was favoritism within the family. Jacob played games with his wives, Rachel and Leah. There were concubines on the side. So he had two wives, then two side bays. He played favorites with Rachel. He loved Rachel more than Leah. There was jealousy. There is just kind of messed up, right? And I, let me just say, favoritism is never a good idea in a home context. Maybe you can get away with that at school. Uh, you know, Gabby, I know you just finished up your first teaching role. Were there favorites in your class? Maybe. I mean, not, if there's any here that were in the class, I don't want to say. But, but maybe you can get away with it there, but not with your wives, Wait, wait, no, that's not a good idea either. One wife. We live in America, one wife at a time, right? That, uh, but, but when you come with to your kids especially, you know, favoritism is never really a good idea. Uh, now, if you're, you know, making sure everything's the same when you're scooping ice cream and you're weighing it to the gram, right, or you're counting out the M&Ms, each of you get six, you know, that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what you really think and how you're, you love your kids. When I, we had Reagan, our love, Jessica and I love, it was like, oh my goodness, we, all the parents in the room, you know when you had your first kid, it was like, this is amazing. And then if God blessed you with a second child or beyond, I thought, how in the world are we going to love a second child the same? But somehow, supernaturally, it happens, right? The love is equal. And if it's not, kids are smart. They will sniff it out. And Joseph's brother, in this story, there was favoritism, and they were not about to have it. And we're going to look at some of the details around that later on. See, Joseph's story in Genesis 37 through 50, it starts with his dreams, and we're going to hone in on the dreams. He tells his dreams to uh, his brothers, and they're like, you're crazy. He tells it to his dad, and his dad's like, you think we're going to bow down to you, and we're going to actually look at the dreams next week in, in, in detail. Uh, but it reminds me of some of the fun dreams that our kids will come up with in regards to their future. Uh, you know, kids can be all over the map, depending on the day or the season. I remember when Logan was three or four years old, he used to put on a suit for Sunday morning church because that I would wear a suit back then. I was required to, even though I was a kid's pastor, kind of wild, but whatever. Um, and uh, how, many have ever, how many of you here have never seen me wear a suit? Any, yeah, a few bunch of you. <laughs> Sorry about that. I even preached a funeral yesterday uh, for Linda Gerber, for John, and Linda said, don't wear a suit. Uh, it's casual. And I said, that's my kind of people. <laughs> and uh, Linda, we love you. And yesterday was really, really beautiful. That was awesome. Thanks for letting me be a part. But anyway, with, with our kids. Uh, but Logan, he would wear the suit and he'd all button up. And, and I remember, uh, he, Pastor Doug, you can relate. I remember at three or four years old, he, he would say things like, I'm going to be a pastor. And I'm thinking, oh, that's my son. He's heard from God. And then the next week, he's really into Power Rangers. And then he would say, when I grow up, I'm going to be a Power Ranger. 
And I'm like, oh, maybe that's not. And then he combined the two, and he said, I'm going to be a power pastor for a little while. And we'll never let him uh, let that one down. And if you want to see a picture of Logan in a little suit all buttoned up, you can come to our graduation party for him in a couple weeks and slip him an extra five for that picture because we put it in the slideshow. You're going to love it. You're not going to want to miss it. And you all are invited, by the way. We love to have you out. But our kids can be all over the map. And it makes me think of our dream job. You know, I asked some people in between service, hey, what was your dream job? Or what did you think you were going to do? And now kids, you know, maybe historically are like, oh, I'm going to be a scientist or I'm going to study technology or I'm going to be an engineer or a doctor or a teacher. Well, these days, all kids seem to want to do is be a YouTuber. And I'm thinking, all right, all right, parents, let me just, we want to help our kids. We want to fan the flame of their, of their dreams. That's our job, but let's keep them grounded. Like if your kid can't sing, tell them they can't sing, okay? Or if your kid... Oh, Reagan, my, my sweet daughter. I didn't tell this story for service. You guys, uh, I'm going to talk to her this afternoon, and I'll ask for forgiveness later. When, when Reagan was, I was probably fourth or fifth grade, she was, she was playing basketball. And uh, I, I, was, I felt compelled to be the dad that encouraged her to do something different. I, I, remember, I remember saying, Reagan, I don't think basketball is in your future. And uh, I had to let her down. Um, and uh, I remember it crushed her. And um, I still regret that. But anyway, but we are supposed to fan the flame of our kids, right? And, uh, and I was thinking, oh, man, I'm so glad. My parents, they would, they would be encouragers of my dreams. When I was 15 and 16 years old, I was taking some architect class at school and doing CAD drawings. And, and I remember my teacher saying, if I uh, went through school and became an architect in, in this particular industry with mechanical architect, with big uh, buildings like downtown, uh, that you could come out of college and make six figures. This is back in the mid-90s, and that was kind of a big deal. It's still a big deal. And, and I thought, man, and I started telling people, I'm going to make six figures before I'm 22 years old. I'm going to make six figures before I was 22 years old. And uh, that was when I was 6, 15, 16. And then God called me into the ministry. And I still haven't made six figures, but that's okay. That's okay. Someday, Lord. And I, it's, but it's kind of reminded me, like, you know what? Sometimes we get a dream, and sometimes we're not ready for the fulfillment of that dream. How many know what I'm talking about? There needs to be some character refining. And as I was putting this together, I'm saying, Lord, You've been refining me. I'm ready for that six figures. <laughs> no, nah, just kidding. Just, just kidding. Total joke, total joke. But in Joseph's case, he has this dream, 17 years old. And I know what it's like. I remember, you know, dreaming as a kid, all these things I wanted to do. And the Lord has been good. But in his case, he has this dream, and then he's sold into slavery. And then he ends up in Potiphar's house. Crazy. And then he's in prison. And then he's interpreting dreams for Pharaoh's cupbearer, right, and his chief baker. And then is promoted and, uh, after he interprets a dream for Pharaoh. And Joseph's story, really, he doesn't step into his destiny until that part, until he's about 30 years old. So that's 13 years after the original dream. And he's made to be the ruler of Egypt's second in command to Pharaoh. I mean, it's, it's a crazy story. 
We find that in Genesis chapter 41. Uh, this is Joseph. He says his suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dream to you, clearly no one else is as, as intelligent or as wise as you are. Will, or you will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Wow. Only I, sitting on the throne, will have a higher rank than yours. And then in verse 41, it says this. Um, is it up there? Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. I mean, what a turn of events, right? And so he's, it's like, wow, he has this moment. He's stepping into his destiny. And then the story continues. His brothers return to town, and uh, his dream is fulfilled. Uh, they bow down before him. And Joseph saves his family, moves them, to, moves them to Egypt, and sets up the Exodus actually 400 years later. Uh, but anyway, and at the end of Genesis, Joseph dies. Hopefully that's not a spoiler alert for anybody here. But he doesn't die without giving a blessing to his family. And you know, you think of Joseph's story, and maybe some of you are familiar, and if you're familiar, great. If not, we're going to dive into it big time this summer, but it's a crazy story. He's loved by his father. He's hated by his brothers. He has these dreams. He's in slavery. He's in prison. Then he's into the palace, all to be a blessing. And in order to be a blessing, to be used by God, he needed to go through, again, some character refinement. And we see that at the end of his life in Genesis 50, at the end of the book uh, of Genesis, verse 20, Joseph says this to his brothers, what you intended for harm, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. It's like the song we were singing, I'm going to see a victory. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many. It was God's providence. And the same is true for us. God wants to bring us through some character refinement to use us for his glory. It reminds me of Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says that we all know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I love it. And what we see in Joseph's story, it's really a series of tests. It's a series of tests that we can relate to. All of us can relate. If you've ever had an experience of loss or if you've ever been betrayed, you can relate to Joseph's story. If there's circumstances in your life that are not as good as you had hoped for, you can relate to Joseph's story. If you've ever experienced a sudden reversal, you thought your life was going one way, and then boom, something happens, speed bump, roadblock, uh, detour, and all of a sudden you're on a different trajectory, you will be able to relate with Joseph. If you've ever struggled with a family member, no hands there, but uh, you will relate to Joseph. If you've ever been falsely accused of something, again, you'll relate to Joseph throughout the summer as we look at the story. And these things, these seasons, may and often are tests. Just like Joseph went through these seasons, we go through seasons and there are tests that we are called to pass as well. 
So I want to give you a snapshot of where we're headed for this summer. We're going to study things like pride. And if you think you don't need this series, you might have a little pride. And next week would be a good week for you to come. And uh, (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Or if you've ever had a bout of discouragement, uh, man, God is going to speak through these messages. Or stewardship. There's tests of purity, tests of persevering. Test of the prophetic. What do you do when God gives you a word, right? And, it's, and, and he, we are to steward that word from the Lord, right? The prophetic. Or what about authority? When you actually are put in charge, there's a test of power or a test of p- prosperity and certainly the test of forgiveness. And all of these things, when you put them together, it's really testing the understanding of our destiny. And that's where we're headed, where we're going to talk about this. And Joseph's story is going to reveal some things this summer. And we're going to dig for the meaning, look for significance. We're going to mine for the truth, so to speak, to relate to our own lives. The focus is going to be on character issues throughout the summer. And we're going to look at our own lives. We're not going to point fingers at others. We're going to say, okay, God, speak to me. We're going to look at our own paths, right, that we're on. We're going to look at our own decisions as, as we are pursuing to fulfill the call of God on our own lives. That's where we are headed this summer. But to start us off this morning or this, this season, uh, I want to just declare over all of us that this is a summer of dreams. It's a summer of dreams. I am convinced that everyone has a dream. Everyone has a purpose. And the question this summer is how do we travel from our dream to our fulfilled purpose, to the fulfillment of that dream? And for some of us here, you've had dreams in the past. Maybe you've held on to those dreams or some of you have walked away from dreams. Some have been unfulfilled. Others of you said, well, I've already, you know, I've seen the dream ar- arrived, but there, I believe there are new dreams. Some will compare dreams, uh, say, man, my dream's different from this person. It's not as great or significant. Well, this summer, we're going to learn some vital truths about tests. We're going to look at 10 different character tests that await us and meet us along the path. And these tests are critical to pass if we're going to step into the dream, the destiny that God has for us. Pastor Doug, if you could join me. See, when I think about dreams, some of the ones that flood my mind first are dreams for our family. We should be dreaming dreams for our family. Others are financial dreams, and again, are totally appropriate or vocational dreams. And these are kind of the normal ones that come to mind at least quickly. And this summer, starting now, today, I want you to move, not not to abandon those ones that typically come, but I want us to dream bigger. I want you to dream bigger, to dream outside of the box. And really, I want us to allow the Holy Spirit to speak and to stir a dream inside of us. His purpose, His plan, His path. Dream bigger. 
in Robert Morris's introduction of the, the book that I was mentioning earlier, he says, you cannot dream a dream, or I'm sorry, you cannot dream a bigger dream than God can dream. Let me say that again. I don't think we have a slide for it. You cannot dream a bigger dream than God can dream. And when I read that, it really resonated. I, in fact, I wrote the name of a kid that I mentored a few years back. And I remember sitting with him and, and dreaming with him and talking about goals and talking about the future. And, and you know, his background was different than, than uh, mine growing up, for sure. And, and I, I really sensed that I had bigger dreams for this young man than he had for himself. And the same is true about our Heavenly Father sometimes. We want to tap into what God sees in us, not just what we see in ourselves. It reminds me of Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, right? Plans to prosper, right? To give a hope, to give a future. In every single one of the dreams that God is going to place on our, in our hearts and in our minds for this season and for our lives moving forward will be unique. They'll be special. There will be purpose-filled. And this summer, we're going to take it to another level, both personally and corporately. I believe there's big dreams that God is birthing for us here at the Gateway Church. God is moving. He's stirring. We are believing God for big things as a staff and as a board. Uh, you, can, you can count on it. And there are three things that we are committed to do. We are going to believe big, we're going to pray big, and then we're going to receive big. Let me say those again. We're going to believe big things, we're going to pray big, and we are going to receive big in Jesus' name. And in regards to praying big, that center section, we will be known for our big prayers here at the Gateway Church. As we pray, as we continue to, to plow the ground. And I wanted to just say, God is not offended by our big prayers. He's not offended by your big prayers for your life. And it starts now. It starts today. And we're going to do something that will kind of coincide with Sunday mornings. It will kind of complement each other. Our Wednesday nights is our prayer. We pray for an hour from 7 to 8 o'clock. And it's the most important hour of the week for us at the, at the church. And this summer, we're going to be going through a resource by Mark Batterson, The Circle Maker. Uh, the tagline of this book is praying circles around your biggest dreams and your greatest fears. Now, this is a book that Logan and I are reading uh, in the next couple months. I would encourage you, you could get a copy, read it yourself. There's a journal, not a journal, but a devotional that goes along with this. And all summer long, for 40 days, we are going to be using that journal, ah, that uh, devotion, as a guide on Wednesday nights. And you're not going to want to miss it. And I know some of you, it's been a long time since you've been out to prayer. Even if you show up a handful of times this summer, it's going to make a difference. I want to encourage you to put it into your schedule. We're not doing connect groups in this season, although we do have Sunday Night Live, which is going to be awesome at the end of the month of June and July. But come on out for some fellowship and connect with us in this way. See, I'm convinced that how we pray determines what our future looks like. And there's value in showing up. 
giving our time, it will be multiplied back to us. When you show up, you will be on your way to passing the character tests that we're going to talk about all summer long. And they're going to meld together. And I just encourage you to be a part. And last thought. And then then we're going to close. You thought I was going to close before, I know. When we think about God's dreams for us, that they're bigger than what we can even imagine, part of God's dream is Him pouring out His Spirit in the last days. That's a promise from from Scripture. And so when we dream, I want us to include an outpouring of the Spirit of God like we have never seen in our lives personally and corporately. And I hope you're hungry for that because this summer, God is going to pour out His Spirit. The other thing is part of God's plan, God of His purpose, His dream for us is that there would be a world wide harvest of souls. And a harvest of souls in this city. And when I say the city, I mean the lakeshore region, right? Not just Ferrysburg and Spring Lake, Grand Haven, but to the the, the lakeshore where God has placed us here. A harvest of souls and then to the ends of the earth. And every single person here has a part to play. There's not one of us that is exempt. We are called to shoulder with God to make his name famous. Amen? And so what that means, and I have this written in my notes, what it means is we don't just sit around and wait for the rapture to happen. We should be busy. And God, he is a dream giver, and he's going to do it and it starts now. I'm going to ask that you would stand right where you are, and I want you just to think about your life. I want you to think about the circumstances in your future that will be affected because of this series, the summer 2022. It's going to be powerful. And it's going to start with the Spirit of God pouring out his presence and his power week in and week out here and in your life. And I want you to be ready. God is stirring. God is moving. He's pouring out a spirit. It's part of his dream for your life. But it's not just an inward focus like, oh, this feels so good. This is for me. No, 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 no. He fills us up so we can be a blessing to others, just like Joseph's story. God's dream wasn't just so Joseph would be the ruler of Egypt. It was so he would be a blessing to the nations. And the same is true, a worldwide harvest of souls. And again, there's not one of us here that are exempt from that. So what I want to do is I want to have just a few moments in the presence of God to kind of prime the pump, to ask the Lord what his dream is for you. And maybe it's a resurrection of a dream that was previous, 
Or maybe there's something brand new that God is going to place. And I just want to say, there's no dream that's too big. Robert Morris, again, you cannot dream a bigger dream than God can dream. So let's just lift our hands to the Lord and just begin to just tell him, Lord, fill us up with your dreams, with your purpose, with your plan. Lord, speak to us in this season. And Lord, today we're priming the pump, so to speak. And Lord, we want to be open. We want to listen. God, speak. And I'm going to just take a full two minutes, and we'll time it if it's going to seem like a long time, just to listen and let God start to put some thoughts in our minds, ideas, some dreams. I just want to declare that as we've spent just two minutes listening, it's just a start of what God wants to speak into your life, the dreams, the plans. And as he drops these things in, you must know that there will be some character refinement, and that's what we're going to talk about all summer long. And I want to encourage you again to be here. Before we move on and close with a, our our song, our theme song for the series, uh, that there will be a victory, that the battle belongs to the Lord, really kind of ties in with that Genesis 50, verse 20, uh, that what what you meant for evil, God has turned it for good. Um, But we'll, we'll get there in a second. But if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I just, I just want to give you the opportunity. I want to offer you the free gift of salvation. 
And the Bible says simply that we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one person here that's righteous enough to make it to heaven without Jesus. And so God sent his son into the world. John 3.16, he loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believe in Jesus would not perish, but would have everlasting life. And when Jesus died on the cross, he was nailed to the cross, the blood that was shed, what it does, according to scripture and theology, and you can study this, it's, it's beautiful, that the blood of Jesus covers our sin. We don't deserve it, but that's the free gift of salvation. And if you're here in the sound of my voice, or if you're online and you don't know Jesus, if you're online, you can just type in, I'm accepting Jesus, and we'll follow up. We've got resources for you. But for those that are in the room, if that's you, we had one young man first service give his heart to Jesus. It was incredible. But who, second service, is it responding to a salvation call? Just slip up your hand right where you are. You need a relationship with Jesus. Just slip it up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out just believing that God is stirring, that today is your day. Just stick up your hand so I can see it or catch my eye. Anybody at all? Don't want to miss anybody? Okay. For a potential person online watching right now, I'm just going to say a quick prayer. And as I do, I'm going to ask the worship team to come and join me as we close this out today. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, forgive us for our sin, that you would be our Savior. Lord, we believe in you. We put our hope in you. And God, right now, I pray as we launch into this incredible summer season, I pray that you would just stir in our hearts and that your dream for our life will become a reality. Lord, you're doing it. Lord, it's going to be a powerful summer of the outpouring of your presence and your power. And Lord, it's, we're going to be able to take this for our city. Lord, help us to reach our city, the lakeshore, with the gospel in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The song that we're going to close with, we sang at the end of worship, and it's a great song. And there's, it really relates to Joseph's story. And as we think about victory, victory is ours when we plug in and we shoulder things with our Heavenly Father. And so without further ado, let's sing. And uh, let's, let's sing out this anthem together. Whatever we face, whatever we are going through, Lord, have your will and have your way in our lives. That's ultimately what that dream is. Like Pastor Ben said, Lord, we know that your dream is far above anything that we can dream on our own, Lord. And so let our prayers echo uh, Jesus' prayers, God, that your kingdom come, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
So let your kingdom come in our lives. Let your kingdom come in our families. Let your kingdom come at our schools, at our workplaces. Let your kingdom come uh, with the parents that uh, uh, maybe kids uh, play sports with, Lord. Let your kingdom come in every situation, every circumstance. Let your kingdom come on the lake shore. Let your kingdom come in Michigan. Let your kingdom come in America. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. And we know that as you give us these God-sized dreams, as you're doing this work in us and through us, Lord, we know that we'll face obstacles, we'll face tests, just like Joseph will face, Lord. But we know the battle is yours. Lord, and we trust you, we lean into you, Lord and help prepare us now for the battles we don't even know we are going to face, Lord. Lord, help us to grow closer to you. Help us to be people who grow the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, let us seek your heart and not just your hand, Lord. And let our hearts echo yours. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We, and we know that as we go, as we leave this place, as we become your emissaries and your ambassadors, that you will go with us, that you will be before us and behind us and all around us every single step of the way as we are your salt and your light to a lost, hurting, and broken world. Jesus, we give you the praise. We give you the glory as we lay down our lives at the altar today. Jesus, it's all because of you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Uh, you can go in the grace of God. Hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.